0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Tim Weston. And today on the show, we are joined by one of my colleagues, Tim Weston. He is a property investment consultant at Opus Partners, but he is also our first celebrity guest on the Property Academy podcast. And the reason he is a celebrity is he was on Grand Designs. Now, Tim's got such an interesting story um, about why he was on Grand Designs and the property that he bought and renovated was on there. Tim, why don't you introduce that for us?
1: Thanks, Ed. Um, Not too sure about the celebrity part, but uh, anyway, thank you. Uh, Well, look, yes, uh, my wife, uh, Isabel, and I, we um, purchased my... Uh, mother-in-law's, uh, the family home, uh, which was uh, handcrafted by John Britton uh, here in Christchurch next to Monoval. So um, yeah, that sort of came about after the, one of the devastating uh, earthquakes that we had. The home was written off um, and uneconomical to repair, so Isabel's um, as well as mother um, was looking at doing a development on there, putting six or eight sort of townhouses. Um, and when push came to shove, it uh, just got a bit too hard and Obviously, Kirsten didn't want the place to be pushed over, so we. Um, Kirsten thought that she should potentially sell the place um, and just let a, a third party buy it and, and renovate it.
0: And so you saw this, une- uh, this development or, or house that was uneconomical to repair and you thought, I'll repair it? Yes, well,
1: it was more Isabel. We were actually sitting over uh, at Isabel's mother's house um, having a cup of tea and Kirsten said, I'm going to sell it. Um, and instantly Isabel said... We'll buy it. So um, that was kind of our discussion about it. <laughs> we, yeah, it was certainly off the cuff and unexpected. So we just did about a sort of a year's, year's planning, trying to work out if it was affordable, and um, you know, we got the place QS'd by about three different QS's and got attended uh, to be repaired. Um, and then it sort of still did just fit within our within our budget. But then we had a, a contingency. Um, but yeah, it. Started to, I guess, blow out quite quickly when we got into, in, into doing it.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But just just for the people at home who won't have seen the Britton Stables, of course you can, can Google it and the photos are are amazing, but this house is massive, isn't it? Um, it's enormous. And John Britton, an, another New Zealand celebrity who, who invented the Britton uh, Superbike, uh, if I've got it right, in the, in the garage at the stables, yes. um, built this house by hand and it is enormous.
1: It is. Uh, so the home itself, it's 930 square metres. Uh, so we've got three kitchens, uh, seven bathrooms, Sort of eight toilets and a four-car garage. So it is a, a good good size. And we've got like an indoor uh, small sort of forest and, um, and a swimming pool and a big conservatory. So it is a beautiful home. Um, John did uh, an incredible, absolute tremendous job on it. Um, it used to be horse stables for Mona Vale. Uh, Mona Vale is quite an iconic uh, spot here in Christchurch. It used to be an old, uh, the first farm in, in Canterbury. Uh, and then... John brought the horse stables as a rundown derelict building. It sort of went through a stage of being like an industrial sort of plant um, where they made stickers, transfer stickers and so on. So John bought it, literally seen photos of it and it really should have been pushed over. But uh, John, with a number of his friends over about seven years, hand-built everything. So from door hinges, door locks to handles, um, all the glazing, the joinery, um, then all the beautiful staircases that you see, the big glass atrium, um, the door, just everything they handmade, hand-carved, all the stone, all the Omurice stone, stone, all the marble and granite was all uh, like recycled and upcycled. So,
0: and I can imagine then, because everything was handmade, and then uh, and then significantly damaged during the earthquakes, maybe that made it even harder, or did it make it harder that much harder to
1: repair? Absolutely. Absolutely, Uh, good question, so with everything that was all being hand built, um, even down to door locks, um, I would take them in, if one was faulty, I'd take one in to a a locksmith and they would be an old guy out the back who knew knew the lock, Um, but one time he was like, this has been tampered with, Um, somebody (laughs) has altered this and it was because John was getting some brass um, sort of um, like cover plates and stuff that he made for it and I couldn't really actually get the lock sorted, so... Um, it was just constant everything that we came across of like the the toilet system. Um, John had made one, um, and we needed a part replaced, but you ended up having to actually just replacing the whole unit because somebody just can't make that bit, or for the price of it, if it was if it played up again, or if another part played up. So we sort of tried to future proof everything as well. So we would use like the carcass, but we would replace all the inside of it. Um, but it was constant that we were always coming across things that John was well the whole place John and his friends had made, but even packers, um, they'd use like lots of asbestos to pack out walls and so on. So we had four or five scares of asbestos and had to sort of shut the place down and, you know, we had to clean the bathroom. That was like that was about ten grand to do once and then we came across the other times so we had to, yeah, shut the place down and give it a clean and get all the asbestos out.
0: And I suppose this comes down to the whole, uh, you don't know what you don't know when you're going in to to renovate uh, or bring an existing property that has been derelict back up to code as well. Absolutely, yeah.
1: We've done, uh, my wife and I and uh, some friends, I've done a a number of uh, either small developments or new builds and then um, renovations we've sort of brought in either flicked or brought and lived in and then sold. Um, Certainly nothing to the scale, but there's always unexpected. As soon as you really take the jib off, you sort of start seeing
0: what you've got to do with a lot of the old wiring and pipework. Yeah, so just quickly walk us through, through the numbers around timelines and budgets, Tim, around what did you initially think, how long did you initially think it was going to going to take and what did it end up being? Because I know that you, you you took time off work to, to project manage this full time as well and then same with the budgets, what did you expect yes. it to be and then what did it turn out to be roughly? Um,
1: okay, so we originally, gosh, we originally thought um, it was going to come in as a repair of around one5 um, we had to buy the buy the home um, that was just under a million dollars, so we had to buy that as well. Um, so we thought all up, it potentially was hopefully going to be around 2.4, 2.5 um, and we sort of thought with some savings and with a huge, massive mortgage that we'd better do it. We, uh, we did own uh, six uh, companies, so we sort of could just make it work um, after we sort of started, we did about a year's planning and, yeah, we did have um, builders that tended for it and we sort of were pretty good with our numbers and we had a $200,000 contingency, so just for any blowouts. Um, about 2015, I think it was, we sort of started um, the process and then but Izzy and I and some friends, we started, like, stripping the place out to keep some costs down. So then the start of 2016 was when the builders came in um. And so they literally, it was like their first job for the year, and literally by about August, so about eight months in, we ran out of money. Um, so we'd spent all of our contingency and everything, and we still didn't have a roof on, and August that time was the, the wettest, winter, uh, wettest August in recorded history. Uh, so we had, like, the house was just flooding every day, and um, we had tarps that were tied down, but they kept lifting off, and... It was just a complete nightmare, so there were some tears. Uh, and then we just pushed on. Um, we did. We sold a couple of businesses that got us through then until Christmas. Uh, and then um, in the new year, we had to go back to the bank um, and borrow some more. And then we ended up selling our other four businesses, uh, but then that meant our income stopped. So all in all, um, we ended up by selling all of our our businesses, um, sort of that covered the blowout. The blowout was around sort of 1.5 to 1.6 million, um, over above what we thought it was going to be. So it was about a 3.6 million dollar
0: drama. And what about in terms of timelines? <laughs> how, how much extra time did it did it give you? So
1: it took another year. Um, we were hoping it was going to be that the 2016 Christmas, but uh, it was, yeah, all of sort of 2017. Um and yeah, yeah here <laughs> we are. So, and I, yeah, in the last year, it was really stressful. Um, I ended up losing about eight kilos. or sleeping about three or four hours a night. We were doing 15, 18 eighteen-hour days, seven days a week. Even Christmas Day, we'd just go for, um, we'd just go for you know a, a family Christmas breakfast, and then we'd come back and carry on. And yeah, it was just. Sounds pretty tough. Tomorrow. Yeah, Snowed, we had a cold, a flu, we were constantly working. We ended up losing a baby at 20 weeks and the next day I was still back at work having to go through. So yeah,
0: it was a, a very, very tough time. God, yeah. that's, ama- that's amazing, Tim. Uh, now what, for for everybody at, at home listening to this as well, what we'll do is, we'll, th- this home is amazing. It is absolutely amazing, and and I know you've had some um, very high profile people wanting to stay in the in the property, yes. and at times not being able to because it's so full because it operates as, um, as as a bit of an Airbnb type situation as well for short term accommodation. People can go stay there. Yes, we'll get, we'll link this all up in the show notes so people can have a good old gander. And um, you know, if they if they're planning their, their New Year's or whenever this um, ends up actually being released, you know, you know, people have got to stay at this place. It is. Absolutely amazing!
1: It's a good spot. Yeah, we do. Um, we've got four rooms that we do uh, short-term accommodation from. Um, so um, people come and stay, uh, use the facility. We've got a big uh, games room with a big pool table. Um, we've got a spa and a pool, so people and huge grounds that people get to uh, to enjoy. Um, yeah, and we've had a few. We do like uh, working with companies around Christchurch to, to do small like
0: dinners and small events and things like that, sort of boutique sort of things. Very cool. Would you do it all again, given the, all the additional costs, the additional stress, no. the additional time? You wouldn't no. do it again? Oh, look, um, not to that scale um, at all. The, the home,
1: due to like, the age of it and then being unequal to repair, it was badly damaged, so we had to um, like dissect the place um, to try and keep as much as we can to put it back in. We had to strengthen it, repair, and then we did a renovation uh, and 930 squares, it was just time consuming. Um, we had 15 to 18 people, 18 tradespeople on the job five days a week um, for about 18 months. So we had like 10 builders, four bricklayers, two to three sparkies, a couple of plumbers, three
0: painters. It just went on and on and on and most of them are full-time for at least a year. Amazing. And just to put that into context as well, I think the townhouse that I live in is about 60 square metres, so your place would be about 15 (laughs) times bigger than the place that I live in. So it is absolutely massive. And I think the other thing that I'll just mention before we wrap up is that – in terms of the advice we usually give we, we're usually a lot more lenient with with personal uh, renovations uh, and, and personal jobs because you're not necessarily doing them for for business reasons Correct. so I guess that the, the message here as well is if you're looking at property investment for, from that business perspective because you're looking to to generate wealth um, while sometimes the numbers on renovations can look really really good um, if if you purchase a house that's severely damaged, there can be a whole heap of unexpected surprises that can make it uneconomical and far more stressful. Absolutely. it's uh, If you're going to be buying a place, an old place,
1: and it's for your yourself, your home, and you can allow then for some sort of blowouts or to overcapitalise because it is going to be your family home for 10 or 15 years, uh, that's fine. But doing the whole... Flicking or like going up and selling, um, the risks that are associated with that, and if the house sat for a while, if the market turned, um, yeah,
0: it's, it's just not ideal. So that's why going new
1: certainly is a, a, a far superior way to go.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Tim. you could to join us for another couple of episodes. But just to wrap it up there, uh, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, you've got to check out these Britain Stables. We're going to link it up in the show notes. Or what is the website again, Tim? Uh, so it's the Britain Stables Um you .com. don't know whether it's .com yeah. or .catlainc. Yeah, yeah. just, just Google it. <laughs> it is an amazing home, um, a real asset to the city as well, and definitely worth checking out. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Tim Weston. And we're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.